1: Masturbation
2: is it your best friend, I, and uh, this is what I drive home to everyone. Yep. Oh. Welcome to The Best Bits with Lily and Alice. We'd like to recognise the traditional peoples of this continent whose land was stolen nearly 250 years ago. In particular, we at The Best Bits would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land in which this podcast is being recorded today, and we extend our respects to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. G'day. Hello,
0: hello, hello. How are you?
2: Hello darling. I am well. I'm a little bit sore because I had a triathlon yesterday, but it was nice. You did have your triathlon yesterday. How are you feeling? Yeah. Tell us all about it. It was fantastic. I um I feel I feel like actually I feel like I feel good I feel like it was so much fun and all my mates did so well and it was just the best day it was a long day Mm -hmm. but it was a really really good day and it makes me want to do them more but like I'm trying to I went on a walk this morning and I was thinking I was like oh what next now (laughs) (laughs) I've, I've been spending you know three months doing this triathlon shit and now I'm like well cool I have no purpose. Yeah,
0: that's the thing, hey. It's like all leads up to this one thing and then it happens and it's like, I feel itch. Cool, what now?
2: <laughs> yeah. So I was planning it this morning and then I told my mate, she's like, Alice, just tell the fuck down, bro. Like you just yeah. finished your on 12 hours. And
0: I'm like, that is yeah. 100% my reaction. <laughs> you need to just chill. Literally. Yeah. Yeah, I know that's it's quite hard for you though.
2: Well, I just like having something to do, you know, like having yeah. a purpose and – a purpose that like, you know, isn't professional. Um, so yeah, it was fun. Um, how are you? I'm good. I'm really good. I had such a fun weekend. We went
0: to the Adelaide Fringe. Um, Oh, my clients were telling me about that. It's huge. Adelaide. I've never been to Adelaide before. Didn't know much about it. And we just had the best experience. Like
1: it was such
0: a nice vibe, such a good atmosphere. We did this like comedy pub crawl. Um,
4: oh, fun. it was so
0: much fun. It's just so good. And just like everyone's in such a good mood, laughing, having a couple drinks. Like,
4: <laughs> it was love it.
2: So nice. Yeah. Really good weekend. What's your quote, my love? My quote, okay. My quote is, "Let me get it up." So this is like a not. I don't know if this is the quote, you know. But anyway, it's it's here. So, don't overthink it. More is lost by indecision than the wrong decision. Action is more important than perfection. Walk forward. Trust that any perceived misstep is just another route to the destination. And I resonate um, with this because I feel like, I mean not not as much anymore, but I feel like I used to always overthink things to a point where I never did things, and I am really in this point right now where i just kind of don't think too much about things and i just do it and i know that sounds like really irresponsible but i actually think it's really helping professionally and personally and just following the dopamine following what feels good following what flows and knowing that it's never a wrong decision it helps you pivot and figure things out along the way because if you if you wait for the right right time or the perfect time Mm. you've waited too long i think so yeah i really like that quote
0: I love that quote. Why I think, not? yeah, it's so true. Hey, like hmm. it's anything, the thing that stands out to me is like what you perceive as a misstep. It's like, yeah, you're it. like, oh, fuck.
2: Yeah. It's gone yeah. It's
0: like, no, that's actually just steering you where you yeah. need to
2: go. You
0: just need to trust children. that.
2: Yeah. I know. I don't know who it's from. Like I just found oh. it on Instagram and shit it. Yeah. Well, apologies the author sorry 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 sorry.
0: no I love that um my quote is from Stephen Bartlett who we both really like he's the um host of the podcast what is it Diary of a CEO CEO. and he just has all these incredible quotes so this one really stood out to me and it's successful people have mental health issues bad habits gaps in their knowledge moments of self-doubt procrastination issues imperfect routines insecurities and imposter syndrome too but they also know that all of these things are perfectly normal and that is the difference and yep. I think that just stands out to me because I think it's just in business you're like oh my gosh am I we doing everything right and blah blah, blah blah and all these other people are doing this and it's just so silly like you've just got to focus on you and understand that like however you're feeling is normal and that you are also a bloody human being. Mm-hmm. We're all just human beings trying to do our best and it's all perfectly normal. Yeah. And
2: yeah. I love it. I also think that um, <clears throat> if we believe that in order to be successful, you need to be this like awe inspiring, incredible, mm-hmm. flawless human being, then it really restricts a lot of people to think that they can start a business. You know, I'm not yeah. smart enough. I'm not perfect enough. I'm not organized enough. I'm not you know anything and it's like no actually you are like you are human and these people they have nothing you know to give that's more or less than you like you can do things that you want to do you don't have to be this incredible human being like yeah. you know no person I know who's quote unquote successful in my eyes is perfect and once you realize that I think it's a really good opportunity to sort of Get shit done and do shit that you like, knowing that you'll feel like shit anyway, and everyone else d- doubts themselves anyway. So it's like, just do it and doubt yourself. Let's go launch.
0: Yeah, launch. And imagine if they were perfect. Like fuck, they'd be boring.
2: Yeah, I know, boring. Um. Boring, boring. Also, can we share best bits, worst bits? Yes,
0: best bits, worst bits. Yikes! I have not really thought about this
2: today. <laughs> I I was hoping that you would. Okay, I'll start first. Best Fit uh, try. Yeah, you, yeah. got. Yes. yes. Worst well, Fit. I actually, mm, no. Nah. I actually don't think I have a worst fit for the week, hey? Like, that's so bad. Oh, oh, I need to think of one. I need to think of one. Oh, actually, I have one. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Okay, yeah. so we love a Karen, right? And I'm oh, somebody who does not really give a fuck about what people mm. think of me. But... This was hilarious. So I was on a walk the other day with Zigenada and I was just walking, like had him on the lead, like good person. <laughs> Not that I have him on the lead much, but sorry. Um, and we were walking and this Karen um, like literally walked Like was running with her little shih tzu thing and like the shih tzu little shit like went around me and she went around the other way and they tripped me over with the lead Mm. I didn't like fall my face but I was like oh like oh tripped over you know I was like oh sorry like she's like you'll be sorry what (laughs) and I literally looked at her and I was like hang on a second What? be sorry and I just like stood back and I was like hang on is she talking to me my jaw was on the fucking ground I was like this is actually so what? weird what? this is like 6 a.m in the morning like you know everyone's happy doing their thing and she's like like cursed me
0: <laughs> and the I think hell? What, what if
2: did real you say life? anything I was like have I literally said this I was so proud of myself like I was like have a nice day <laughs> oh my god yeah <laughs> well done well done like, they clearly have a lot of anger in them for whatever reason and you know I'm sorry that they feel that way, but yeah. I did nothing wrong. And she, I was, a, you know, you point like in you know, the firing line, basically. Yeah. And, um, usually I would get really upset by that. Or in the past I used to get really upset. Like, Oh my gosh, I'm such a bad human. Like, mm. but now I'm like, that's not on them. Like that mm. is on them. I have nothing yeah. to do with this. Like, I hope this person has a really lovely day because you're not ruining mine. Sorry. Yeah. Um, that was the worst bit in that. Like, it just annoyed me that people are so angry and they just project all their anger onto other people without figuring it out themselves. Mm-hmm. But like it's just the way it is. And I kind of was like it kinda of turned into a really good bit because I was like, wow, I've come so far and I don't really let other people's, you know, yeah. stuff affect me as much as it used to.
0: Yeah, that's that's messed up, but mm. yeah, sometimes things like that I guess happen just to show us how far we've come and like what doesn't bother us anymore. Yeah, so, yeah that's huge but yeah. what the hell what a Karen so,
2: literally
0: wow, I that.
2: at the end of the walk I saw her down at the like at the like swimming pool or whatever like having a little shower we had like a little eye off I was like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: well done for standing up for yourself I feel like you know it's if- you could have just been like, "Oh God, I'm so sorry."
2: She had two dogs. Like, what to expect? I'm saying, yeah. We would but oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> dog, like, what <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> butt, yeah.
0: Oh, my god. Yep. So my best, I think, it, I think it would have to be Adelaide Fringe. Like, it was so, mm. it was just so much fun and so much laughing, and we just had a really good time. We were, um. Yeah, yeah. so it was like a pub crawl and you're like – obviously you go in, in between the pubs and there was a bit of time in between and on one of them we just like stopped by this bar and there's was just like the best music and we were just dancing and having so much fun together and like it was just so nice. It was just Whoa. one of those moments you're like, this is just so nice. Yeah,
2: and so I'm present right now in this yeah. moment. Yeah, That's the best.
0: Yeah, it was really special. Um, And then the worst bit. I don't even,
2: I honestly don't know if I have a worse bit this week. Wait. Jeez, toxic positive over here. I know,
0: yuck. <laughs> I, I, I've i surely got a worse bit. Phrase. what's my worst bit this week? <laughs> Probably, yeah, the heat's been a bit. It's been a bit yeah. much. Um, yeah, lucky. It was like just kind of a bit draining and a bit like it was just I think it was like 40 degrees one day. It was pretty hot. That's not and well. And it's just that's a bit not, gross. Or no. yes, and we didn't sleep one night and it was actually a messed lot. up. And the next day we were like Mm-mm. just in grumpy moods because we were just so tired. Um, but that's honestly, that's probably it. Like I feel really happy at the moment. I feel really Yay! Happy. Yay! It's so nice. That's the best.
2: Also, um, we have to say something. We've got the book club coming. Um, so and you have the
0: book club coming?
2: um For those who follow us on Instagram, there's information about it, but it's the tickets are closing soon. It starts on the 6th of March, mm. and we are so excited. The book is. um <laughs> What's the book called again? I just call it my. What's it called? Atomic Habits. Habits. I just call it the Habit book because it's just the literally habit my life. Um, well, it is that. The habit it is, book. It is. It's fantastic and honestly game changing. Yeah. So. For anyone who's um, interested, we'll put the link in the show notes. Yeah. Um, Tickets will be, yeah, will be kind of live until the day before. Yeah, which um, is the uh, 6th of March it starts. Yeah, yeah. So uh, fortnightly catch-ups for six weeks, really nice community, small Mm. group, you know, being honest, vulnerable, trying to change habits that unfortunately might have been stuck around for a bit that you don't love. Mm -hmm. And just a bit of, I guess, you know, bit of funsies for your monday it's afternoon
0: fun. yeah i'm really looking forward to it i think it's going to be so much fun but i also think it's going to be really helpful for us all yeah. um
4: and oh, to keep yeah. each other
0: accountable because i think that is the biggest mm-hmm, thing
2: mm-hmm. that will
0: stop you yeah. from growing is accountability yeah. so yeah we'll try and all keep right. each other accountable
2: i've got some habits i need to break the fuck out of so yeah let's look yeah. yeah no i'm um, so excited Let's get to it because this episode is cooked. I loved it so much. I could have spoken oh to her for so <laughs> long. We had Perry on, who's a sexologist and an absolute legend, and yeah. – um, it went for a long time because we had so much to say and yep. she had so much we to had say. so many questions. Part two. Yeah, we had so many questions. We had so like one. We're going to have part two on this for sure because she has so 100%. much knowledge. If you want to get in contact with Perry, we'll put all her stuff in the show notes as well. Mm. Um, she is Darwin-based, but she does offer, she said she's going to go around, do Australia tour or something sometimes. So, so hopefully we can get her on in person. Yep. Um, and she does yeah.
0: some online stuff as well. I believe. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. So if you don't like listening to anything sex, do not listen to this podcast because literally it's like every fucking second where we talk about sex. So sex, sex, um, sex. have a great time. Give this um, episode to your partner if you want him or her yeah. or they to listen. Um, that could be a good idea. And if you enjoyed it, let us know because we want Perry on again. And if you yeah. have
0: any questions for her, send them on through. Yes. We we'll can definitely organize that. Um, and please, we would absolutely love for you to oh, yes. like and subscribe. No, like and subscribe. What is it? Subscribe, like follow, it. follow, review. Oh, yeah, Even if you just did one of them.
2: Yes. Amazing. Absolute We have some epic, epic things mm. in the background. Oh, um, I, to it, I really want to listen. <laughs> yes. yes, 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 yes.
0: All right. Enjoy, everyone. Bye. Hey Al, you know, I was just thinking about when I was in college and I was going through such a tough time and every week I would have to get in my little car and drive into the city and find a park and go and see my therapist. I remember it was just so stressful. So I'm so glad that we now have BetterHelp sponsoring this episode. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service and it is online, which is so exciting and I know would help so many people that were in a similar situation to me. With BetterHelp, you can tap into a network of over 25,000 licensed and experienced therapists, and they can help you with a wide range of issues. So, To get started, all you need to do is just answer a few questions about Your needs, your preferences and therapy and better help can really match you with the right therapist for you. And then you just literally talk to them with whatever you feel comfortable and it can be via text, chat, phone, video call, and you can actually message them at any time. So you can schedule live sessions when it's super convenient for you so it can work in with your schedule. And if for any reason, you know, your therapist isn't right for you, you don't feel comfortable with them. You can switch to a new therapist at no additional charge, which I think is pretty awesome. With BetterHelp, you get the same professionalism and quality that you expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is custom-picked for you with more scheduling flexibility and at a much more affordable price. And you can get 10% off for your first month with BetterHelp. That's betterhelp.com slash bits. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Best Bits. So thank you so much to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode and we'll get on
2: with the episode. Okay, guys, today we have Perry from PM Sex on today. She's a sexologist or what we call like an educational-based sexologist. We are so excited to have her on. She is living in Darwin and based in Darwin but – she is just an absolute wealth of knowledge when it comes to everything to do with sex and intimacy and sexuality and, you know, there's, I guess there's so many things we can talk about right now, but let's just get into it. You guys sent some questions in and we're very, very excited to answer them all. Um, Perry, thank you so much for having for coming on um, and we're so excited.
1: <laughs> I'm so excited. I feel like a bit of a... Um broad, like I
2: don't
0: feel like I could be doing this, but it's exciting. No, we are so excited to have you and yeah, Alice and I have just been like talking about it all the time. Like, oh we can't wait.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what's funny is um how we got even on to so Perry is like mutual friends with one of my friends and how we even got chatting about this was Mm. I was talking one morning to Perry and you guys, people who are listening who listened to, I think our solo episode would have been a couple of weeks now, um, I mentioned something about audio porn and I was just going on about it because Lily um, was recommending it to me. And anyway, long story short, um, this is why we were talking about Perry because Perry is a sexologist and clearly sort of into all about being open and honest about sexuality and intimacy and I just think it's so important to talk about it. So that's why we're having Perry on and gosh – we are excited.
1: <laughs> yeah, too, I'm too open and honest. So just, yeah. <laughs> There's no such thing. <laughs> there is no such thing. No. <laughs> Some days things come out of my mouth in the middle of a workshop with a client and I'm like,
2: whoa. <laughs> <laughs> filter. Nah, no such nah, thing. so <laughs> good.
0: But we always start with the best and worst of the week. So we would love to know what is the best part of your week and the worst part of your week.
1: Um, so the best part of my week is that I am currently on a month holiday. So oh I'm nice. down in Victoria visiting all of my loved ones. Like I had my one of my oldest friend's Hen's day on the weekend, and oh. then her wedding next weekend and then another friend's wedding. So it's just yeah, so nice to actually
0: nice.
1: down and actually be able to take the time to actually focus on my business because I do work full time as well, so that's yeah, um, wow. yeah really exciting stuff.
0: Wow. Um,
1: And my worst bit is that, so I'm a single woman and have found out in the last couple of days that I have to start my fertility journey as a Mm. single woman. Um, A whole cascade of events has sort of led to me to find out that my fertility is not where it should be at my age. So that's been a bit of a head fuck, to be honest, but like. I think it's really important for me to be able to speak about this because you know the more experiences that I've had, the more clients and um, things that I can actually relate to. So this is why I always yeah. be super open and honest about everything with my journey. So yeah, yeah a bit of a kick in the dick, but that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> How are you doing sure with that? That's, that's so um, yeah, it's like it's been a bit of an emo- emotional roller coaster, but I'm just I'm so grateful that I am finding this out at 28. Yeah. So then, like, rather than, you know, a couple of years down the track when I may have a partner or maybe thinking about freezing my eggs then, like, at least I know now yeah. and I can start the journey now rather than when I'm 32, 34, 35, when it'll be more difficult. So, yeah, yeah it's fine. Yeah. I try to stay in a positive mind frame, but then
2: obviously, you know, it sort of takes its toll sometimes, but
1: yeah. it's just more people that I can relate to. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. Well, th- and thank you for sharing that. I'm sure there's a lot of people who would get a lot from that, Little bit of mm. information that you just shared, and yeah, wow, well, I can I can't even imagine so, sort of yeah, yeah. position right now. But you know, it, it is important, I guess, in that sense to stay positive and hopeful. Yeah, um,
4: yeah.
1: and I think the biggest takeaway is like even if kids aren't on the cards for you, but you know that you want them, there are yeah. tests that you can get done, yeah. and doctors are quite reluctant to do it. But if you just know, like, it's just a bit of peace of mind for yourself yeah. rather than when you get get to that. Position where you do want to have kids, and then all of a sudden you've been trying for however long, and you're like, "What's going on?" Yeah, sure. So that's my biggest takeaway from this: is just you know, if that's something that you want, and it may not be on the cards for you now, just go and ask the questions yeah. and get a team behind you if that's what you need. So that's yeah,
0: so true. I've never thought about having to check, or I guess you kind of just assume, yeah, that'll that'll happen. Yeah. that'll that'll be fine for me. That's what you do. Yeah yeah exactly but actually going and getting the test so do you just go to a doctor that is that sort of what you um can do so I
1: just yeah I think you can so I've just been diagnosed with Hashimoto's disease so this oh. is sort of like where it came from there's a some apparently a link between um Hashimoto's and early menopause yeah. and I've got endometriosis as well so I was like eh. I went to my endocrinologist and I was like like I'm a little bit, I've got a weird feeling about my fertility. And she's like, you don't need to worry, you don't need to worry. And she goes, mm. then she looked at me and she goes, you're really worried, aren't you? I was like, yeah. 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 So she goes, okay, there's a blood test that we can do. And we did that and she called me and she was like, I'm genuinely surprised by these results. So yeah, okay, that was like a bit of a, yeah, such a shock, but I'm so grateful to know now. Yeah, And yeah. like, yeah, you just got to be your own advocate with these oh, things. Oh, yeah there are so many like people put up doctors put up barriers not all doctors but doctors do put up barriers to these things and at the end of the day it's your journey and it's your life Mm -hmm. (laughs) just insist yeah Yeah, exactly yeah Yeah. Yeah. oh thank you so much for
0: sharing that with us that's very vulnerable but I think would help a lot of people
2: yeah for sure for sure Mm. well um Let's take a turn. Sorry for sounding maybe somewhat insensitive, but um, let's <laughs> <this talking> about that. <laughs> I, I, I apologise, um, but I want to know, like, and I'm sure the audience want to know as well. Like, we mentioned, you're a sexologist or an education-based sexologist. What is that? Like, what does that involve? How do you become one of those people? Yeah.
1: So I think the best way for me to explain what I do is by explaining how I got to where I am. Amazing. Uh, uh, So, yeah, I am a registered nurse and was living down in Melbourne and moved up to Darwin, spare of the moment, like totally not a part of my personality. Mum and dad were like, what the fuck do you mean you're moving to Darwin? (laughs) (laughs) But I, um, yeah, just quit my job and four weeks later moved up to Darwin because I had a couple of friends that were living up there. Wow. Um, didn't have a job or anything. And that was at the start of 2020 and COVID was sort of just starting to become a thing. Mm. Moved up to Darwin, didn't know anyone, and I sort of got into this really weird sort of uh, mind frame with my own sexuality and I was sort of just, you know, going out and fucking people for the hell of doing it Mm. and it was sort of like a gratification thing and blah, blah, blah. And I got into this really bad mind frame and I was like, whoa, what am I doing? What am I doing?
0: Mm.
1: And – COVID sort of started burning me out, and because of where I was with myself, I had this really amazing conversation with my mum. She goes, what's going on? And I was like, mum, I've never spoken to you about sex really at all, but, like, I've got um, my relationship with myself is so poor at the moment and, like, I've got really bad habits with just, like, going out and getting drunk and fucking for the sake of it and blah, 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 and... At the end of that conversation, Mum was like, I'm so sorry that you didn't feel like you could talk to me about that. Oh. And I'd already sort of started thinking about the sexology sort of stuff um, when I was back in Melbourne because I was an oncology nurse in Melbourne, so we're doing chemo and all yeah. of that. And yeah. sex was sort of just a tick box that we had to, you know, mention sex. If you're going to be having sex when you're having chemo, you've got to use condoms because your bodily fluids are cytotoxic, blah, blah, blah. Mm. And you you just literally ticked it and people were left to pick up the pieces and deal with the ramifications of their treatment afterwards where they don't have a libido. Men don't get erections. Women don't get wet or penis owners and vulva owners. They don't, like, they're going through the hardest time in their life and they can no longer be intimate with their partners. So that had sparked the... um, the thought in my head, but I never really thought I would do anything with it until I got to Darwin and was going through this really shitty time with my own sexuality and my own relationship with myself. And, yeah, after that conversation with mum, literally at the end of that conversation, I was like, mum, I think I want to study to become a sexologist. And she was like, do it. Yeah. So wow. That was sort of it. And then um, I had to navigate telling my dad that then. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mum and dad aren't together anymore, Mm -hmm. so I had to be tactical in the way that I told him that. But then, yeah, yeah, I started studying. I did my graduate diploma in sexology through Curtin University in Perth in 2021. And from that, my workshop sort of came out of that. And Mm -hmm. it was one of our assignments where we had to run a workshop for. A group of people on whatever we wanted and then I ran a workshop aimed at people with vulvas re-teaching sex ed in a pleasure-based way
4: Mm.
1: and from that word of mouth got out that I was doing that even though I wasn't doing that it was just an assignment and then yeah I ran it ran it ran it and then by the end of by the time I graduated I had people wanting to work with me one-on-one so I, but I didn't really know what I could offer them because I decided very early on in my grad dip that therapy was not a strong point of mine mm. and that's setting me up to be a therapist so then yeah last year I went and found new education and I have just completed a certificate of sexological bodywork. so this has set me up to be a um, sex educator but I'm a touch-based sex educator so wow. you know yeah, it's it's a whole different kettle of fish. Yeah, what does that mean? I'm a somatic sexologist, so somatics is the body experience oh. rather than the mind experience. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's bridge that trying to get us out of our head and back into our bodies mm. and realise what's actually going on with our bodies. So you know, we learn how to communicate what we want by actually you know doing body scans, checking with what what's going on with your body, and then asking for that. And then like, we, so if I have a client on the table and this is what our educational goal is, then I'm like, okay, check in with your body what's going on for you, and then they have to actually get used to asking for what it is that they want. And then I actually do it, and then we talk about how it's feeling. Is there any tension? Is there any feeling? And then we sort of um, use tools to work through whatever that hesitation is or even if there's nothing like that going on, like what's going to make your experience better and actually communicating what it is that you want.
2: Wow. Sort of. Wow. That's yeah, unreal.
1: Yeah. So I feel like like people have heard of like Yoni mapping yeah.
2: and stuff But like yeah. so we do that as well. Mm. So, wow. Yeah. When it's you say like I'm sorry, this is a silly question, but when you say like what they like they ask for something, like what yeah. what do you mean by that? Like
1: Yeah, so nothing's so we are, um we work under an ethical um, structure and so it's always one-way touch we wear gloves yeah but nothing like you sit down and we talk about boundaries at the start yeah. of each each session and what our actual educational contract is so um yeah so nothing sort of off limits when we're working within boundaries mm mm-hmm. So, you know, if you want to learn, we do anatomical na- mapping of genitals and stuff, so if you want to learn where your G-spot is, yeah. you can get on the table. I can show you how to find it on yourself or I can find it for you. Oh, um, I see.
4: Yeah,
1: okay. it's Yeah, it's bizarre, but I love it. And I didn't really, um, I went into that course thinking that it was just going to be good learning. I didn't think yeah. that I would ever actually practice any of it
4: mm-hmm.
1: yeah, until – I went to the intensive for that course and I had the most emotional time. I cried pretty much for three days straight because I was wow. triggered and I didn't realise um, how much shame I was carrying in my own body. Like, very, somewhat, like I consider myself a very sexually empowered yeah. um, sexual person, but I didn't realise how much shame that I was carrying around, um, around my relationship with my vulva. It was just, yeah. like, all this internalised language and from growing up that it was just, like, wow, where's this come from? And I cried for t- three days straight, but it was the most amazing um, environment to be in and I was helped by so many people during that yeah. that now I'm, like, this is so important. Like, I need to help people, like, especially, yeah. like, I work with anyone, but I want to help vulva owners that have got this internalized shame about the way their vulva looks Right. Yeah. to then get them to a point where they feel yeah. empowered I guess yeah
0: that's incredible yeah that's, I would love to touch on that sort of word shame mm. and the the shame that we as as vulva owners have mm. what what I, what is that what is going on there why do so many of us have that shame
1: I think it like a lot of it is so historical like mm. as vulva owners we've not our sexuality has been like suppressed but not mm. suppressed but just like ignored and we've been told that we should be shameful for mm. being sexual people mm. um yeah, so like I always say this in my workshops but the Actual structure of the clitoris wasn't actually discovered until two thousand and six. <laughs> what? Like, what? Yeah, yeah. It's fucked.
2: <laughs> I'm like, I was about to start high school. <laughs> oh my gosh! No wonder yeah. we were taught of this at school because we didn't bloody know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they did. <laughs> like they knew that the gland was there,
1: but then they didn't know the whole structure. And oh my- like it was written in and out of textbooks right up until the nineteen nineties, and still now the clitoris is not mentioned or studied or anything. Like no one gives a fuck about our pleasure, to be honest. Like now there's such a shift, which is amazing, but we do just have all of this internalised shame. And I think about my own, it all came from the language that people would use when we were growing up. Like Mm. you think about the way that bodies – bodies was spoken about like meat hang and cookie nipples and shit like that and I'm just yeah. like that's so damaging and even now there's people our age that are going around using that language <laughs> like what the fuck's yeah.
0: going on Say, so it's so amazing that you do that because the power that I can have yeah on your life is massive yeah
1: mm. but even, now, like, even after I had that big breakthrough on the, for, in the intensive I went four months without having sex with anyone. And I realised that I was back in that shame hole. <laughs> so, what am I doing? Like I walked, left sex camp. and oh, Yeah, it's called sex camp, by the sex way. Fan camp. And it just was like, yeah. yeah. I spent four months being like, oh, my God, I'm back in that mind frame where no one is allowed No to one's worshipping it. it. Yeah. So I went and got a bodywork session with my coach and after that I was like "All oh, right, I feel normal again <laughs>
2: wow what's
1: a, what's a bodywork session so this is what I do so oh, sexological bodywork right so I, yeah I, I've got a beautiful coach that's um, been my supervisor all through my training
4: mm.
1: I just love her so much oh. but I was down in Melbourne um in December for a little visit before Christmas and I messaged her I was like I need I need a bodywork session she goes cool And we did it and I
2: walked out. I was like, okay, I feel normal. Wow. So would you say like, you know, I mean, you went from a point where you had extreme shame when it comes to sex, sexuality, you know, your your sexual organs to a place where you feel quite liberated. Would you say that like education and reframing the narrative you have around sex and everything has been the most powerful thing in transitioning from that space?
1: Yeah, 100%. I think, like, if you I, – I didn't realise that I had so much shame literally until at the, the end of last year. Like, if you ask anyone growing up where I grew up, like, I was an absolute slut and I knew, like, that's what I would get pulled around town, but I ran with that. Like, I grabbed that title, or I ran with it. I'm like, if I accept that about myself, no one can hurt me with that. Oh, I'm yeah. not, like – all of the boys are going out and – fucking three girls a weekend they're all getting high fives like why can't I do that mm-hmm. and so I sort of ran I ran with that so for that shame stuff to come up for me was so scary almost mm. um but yeah just you know getting comfy with that uncomfortability was the most um beautiful thing and just getting curious around why why I was feeling this and yeah, so education absolutely helped me, and just being around people that would hold that space for me was amazing. And this is what I want to do with my yeah. clients
2: now, which yeah, I am doing. <laughs> yeah, how do you know? How do you know if you've got shame around sex? Like you mentioned, like I didn't realize I had it until then. Like, how do you know that that's something that exists within you?
1: I don't think that you do. I think. <laughs> mm. I think so. Like, for me, personally, it was just something that was triggered one day. Mm. Um, But you just can sit there and look at your own um, sexual habits is the wrong word, but, like, your own sexuality and how you your your relationship with your sexuality. And I think that most people would find that there is something that's there and it might just be, you know, something that you are not totally comfortable with um,
4: Mm.
1: about your own sexuality. So... Or even just the way that you speak about it or if you don't speak about yeah. it, like if you're not speaking, about it, then there's mm-hmm. some sort of shame and there's no shame in talking about it. So
4: yeah.
1: I think, yeah, just reflecting on your own relationship with your own sexuality and even your response to other people being mm-hmm. so open and honest about their sexuality or not being mm-hmm. open and honest, like what's that feeling for you? Like are you, if, if someone like me is sitting there talking about all the people that I've fucked or whatever, like, how's that sitting with you? Yeah. And is that your is that your shame that's sort of sitting there? Yeah. Like, if it comes yeah. across as as judgment, yeah. what are you holding What's
0: in that? within yourself? Maybe. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. So interesting. I, it is really. Interesting. When you say you know you were a slut back in the day, um, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> what would you say? I guess at that time, your relationship with sex was because. Yeah. I feel like everything's about, like, intention, right? So, like, maybe you could be sleeping with the same amount of people now, but the feelings are different, would you
3: say, around it?
1: Yeah, 100%. So my first boyfriend who I lost what I considered my virginity, I lost that because I think it's important that we mentioned that, you know, penetrative sex is not the be-all and end-all, and some people might not ever have penetrative sex, but I I considered that my virginity i lost that to my boyfriend when I was 17 and he said to me when we broke up you need to go and sleep with someone else to get over me I was like wow I was an impressionable 17 year old girl I was like all right (laughs) let's do it yeah so then like I started I slept with one person and didn't get over him and then I slept with another one I wasn't over him and it just like started this cascade of me sleeping with lots of people and at some point I realized I was over him but yeah, then I sort of realised that I enjoyed sleeping with lots of people. But I think that my drive well like after that being my drive, I think the drive after that was for the story. Yeah. And like taking um yeah, just sort of making a point of saying that it's okay that women do this. Mm-hmm. But then like I hadn't had an orgasm with a partner until I was with my next boyfriend at yeah. twenty. So it was just like it wasn't it wasn't for the pleasure. It was literally just to be it was a big fuck you to yeah. the world. Yeah, I think. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. so interesting.
0: Yeah. Oh my wow, gosh. Thank, yeah. Thank you for sharing all of this with us. It's so yeah it's so incredible.
2: It is. Can we, um, we had some questions from our listeners that we really wanted to answer and <clears throat> interestingly a lot of them were around libido. Um, a lot of people were in like long-term relationships and they kind of felt like their sexual spark had been lost um, and one in particular kind of resonated with I guess um, what we're kind of talking about now and that is like, you know, there was if you're sort of a young person, and you've never really had that sexual desire. You're not really interested in that space in terms of, you know, like penises and orgasms and everything like that. How would you go about that? How, what do you think is going on there? Do you think it's a bit of shame? Do you think it's just just disinterest or you haven't had the right experience? Has that ever been something that you've come across?
1: Um, yeah, like it's defi- definitely a thing. Um, I think it's really important, like especially now having these conversations and like I'm really um, cautious because like I am speaking so openly honestly about my sexual journey. Like your sexual journey doesn't need to be anything like this. Like if you're not a sexual person, you don't need to question that and there's nothing wrong with you. It's just, mm. you know, that just might be it. One of your big drives, it may not be sex and that's totally fine. Okay. Um yeah, like I've, it's it's so interesting. People are constantly comparing themselves to others, and that's the biggest killer of everything, I guess. Mm. So, you know, just stop comparing yourself. And um, if you don't find that you're a sexual person, you you might not be a sexual person. Like there is asexuality. There are people that um, need to feel an actual connection to a person before they actually want to be intimate with them. Um, mm. So, yeah, if like obviously if it's a really big issue for them and they're feeling all of these ways, like I want to be doing this, I want to be doing this, then seek out a sexologist but or further education. Like there's so many books and everything and podcasts out there now that you, you'll find your community of people within the world. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you don't need to feel any shame and you, there's nothing wrong with you. You might not have just right, found the right person. You just might not have found your thing yet. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's really interesting. There's two sides of every scale with these things. Like there's hypersexuality and then people just like that don't, don't want to have sex. Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: You mentioned um, like asexuality. What is that? So these are people that are just rah. not interested in sex. They don't want to have sex. Yeah. And, yeah, it's not a drive in their
0: life. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: In terms of, like, libido, I remember finding it really interesting and liberating for me to understand the difference between um, men and women's libido. Yeah. I think that would be really interesting for for our listeners if you could explain maybe a bit of the difference. Um, Yeah, yeah. Because I think a lot of women think, I just have low libido, but there's a lot more to it. it is.
1: The main thing is is that men's pole or penis, owners' pole is their dick. Yeah. And like, but whereas vulva owners, our pole is our heart and so we need to feel desired for us to want to have sex. And this Mm -hmm. desire phase of the arousal cycle is so different between people. But, yeah, for all of our heterosexual couples out there, Men, you need to make your woman feel desired because otherwise they're not going to want to have sex. And the big thing with um, vulva owners as well is that, you know, generally we're the ones that are running the household, all of this. Mm-hmm. This is very heteronormative language. But um we need everything to be exactly right for us to feel like sex. Yeah. Yeah, there's a big correlation between like sex is always associated with bedtime and we need to get out of this because it's the last thing that you want to do. You've had a huge fucking day, <laughs> you get home from work, you've cooked dinner, you've done the dishes, blah, blah, blah. It's the last thing you want to do <laughs> is have sex. Oh, my gosh, yes. <laughs> um, so a big thing that I do with my clients, especially um, clients in relationship, is I get them to graph their arousal cycle. And, like, I have mm. had clients that have, have gone – months without having sex and it's just like, well, he doesn't want it or she doesn't want it. And so they've never actually communicated that they both actually do want to have sex, but it's just not working for them the times that they're sort Mm -hmm. of associating with sex. Um Yeah, and the big thing with libido too is that it's it's, sadly it's one of the first things to go when there's other things going on Mm -hmm. in our lives.
4: Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. So like, you know, you've stressed at work you've had no sleep because you've got kids or whatever it is, the libido is the last thing to go. So, yeah, yeah, just recognising that and talking to your partner about that I think is the biggest thing when it comes to your libido. And if you're finding that your libido is low, you just need to look at your life and be like, okay, what is it? What's taking up majority of my energy here? Like what's taking up majority of my mind frame and what can I do to change that?
4: Mm-hmm. So this is
1: like sleeping habits, eating well. Like if you're eating shit food, <laughs> you're not going to want to have sex because yeah. you don't like your uh, body's not nourished, and you know you you're just lethargic. So mm. Mm.
2: that's a good point. I like how you added food in there because. I think we disregard it right like um but like you know we think there must be something wrong with me I must not be attracted to that person maybe I've fallen out of love it's like just take a bit of an intervention and look at your lifestyle like you're sleeping five hours mm. a night you're eating you know really really processed food you're super stressed mm. you're working late hours like no one wants to have sex with them like that like eat whole foods like nourish your body nourish your soul nourish your mind and then you probably will have a bit more of an libido yeah. yeah like
1: I'm a shift worker. Oh yeah. Yeah, nurse in emergency up in Darwin, but I do night shift every second week. And that week, i just like, I lie in bed, and I'm like, yeah. I'm a fucking fraud. I'm like, I'm, just, I'm telling people to connect with themselves, blah blah. blah. I'm like, I'm touch myself in a fucking week. Yeah,
2: yeah. But I don't. I think so you're, that's and that's not a fraud though, because it it really shows a cycle of libido and how there are so many impacts. On it, and you could be, you know, the most educated person in the entire world when it comes to sex and, and libido. But you know, it doesn't mean that you're always going to want it um, mm, or yeah. even need it, or you know, you don't have to force it. It's this like cyclical, mm. beautiful, natural thing that's going on. But it also yeah, shows yeah. the impacts of lifestyle. Yeah.
1: It's so funny. I um, had sex with this new person a couple of weeks ago, and he said to me midway through, "He goes, where are you right now?" I was like. What? What? (laughs) what like where's your head I was like oh my god I'm not even practicing what I'm
2: teaching Yeah. oh I've had that experience way more than I'd like to admit hey (laughs) yeah oh what am I cooking for dinner oh what am I doing tomorrow it's a fucking hell
1: (laughs) I know (laughs) whatever's out I need to watch it. how do you practice that (laughs)
2: like how do you practice being present during sex
1: yeah, so um, the big things that we teach as um, somatic sexologists is um, connecting to your breath and the movement of your body. Mm-hmm. Um, so the biggest way to sort of reconnect with your body when we are being so cognitive, like we're very cognitive
4: mm-hmm. beings
1: and we're always sitting here and, you, you know, you think about um, lots of people's sexual habits they disconnect themselves from their bodies. Mm. So it's like, I'm not saying that porn's a bad thing, but you know, if you're using porn every single time, you're looking at whatever's on your yes. screen and you're not actually noticing what's yes. going on. With mm. <clears throat> um, so, like, the simplest way to connect back to your body is to focus on your breath. And, like, if you, it's, Physically impossible pretty much to, if I was to say to you now, okay, close your eyes and take a big, deep breath and send it down into your pelvis, it's physically impossible to stay in your head because you're concentrating on where your breath's going and you're yeah. focusing it back down into that, um, yeah, into whatever's maybe going on with your body. And it may not be your pelvis. It may be into like your heart space or, you know, into yeah. your tits or whatever. But it's just like <laughs> being conscious about where that breath's going brings you back to your body Mm-mm. and then if, if that's not working then we talk about you know what movement can bring you back in because if mm-hmm. I the same thing if I turn to you now and said okay um give your hips a wiggle yeah you're concentrating on wiggling your hips rather than what's going on, yeah. on your so those are two really amazing tools that you can just play around with and then you know if and those can be um utilized Partner, ah, oh, sorry, during masturbation as well. But um, then, with partners, one big thing is um, eye contact. Mm. Um, the whole we <laughs> lie there and just like yeah. pop it with our eyes shut. Yeah, but if you actually open up your eyes and connect with whoever you're yeah. shagging through through eye contact, mm-hmm. then you all of a sudden you're realizing there's someone else there and you're doing this together rather than it being like, okay, my eyes are shut. Yeah. Mind you, there's space for that too. Yeah.
2: yeah. Looking yeah. at people's eyes, I like, during sex, I find really intimidating. Hey, like, I don't know about you, Lil, but, like... <laughs> I think I do as
1: well. I really, oh, you know. I do. Yeah. I do too, but it's just about... Yeah, so maybe that might not work. Maybe this is for, like, people that are... Like, do you guys have partners? No. I do, yeah. Yeah, See, so like, I... I'm single and have been single for a while, and so, like, <laughs> sometimes I'm like, Oh, you need to reconnect with this person that I'm chatting with, yeah. and, and they're like, Why are you looking at me like that?
2: <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's a bit different when you're in a long term relationship, yeah. than just like a one night kind of situation. Well, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, this might resonate with someone, but yeah, eye contact. My partner and I were saying last
0: night, sorry, my partner and I were saying, so we were talking about this episode, and We were saying, you know, like we've been together like three years and Mm. I guess, you know, you have the honeymoon stage where you're doing it all the time and whatever. Um, But I feel like as we've gotten to know each other's body, like this is the first experience that I've been in with a long-term partner, um, Mm. it only gets better and better, I found, because Uh, you know each other's body so well but you also are able to experiment and explore Explore things on such a different mm. way, um,
2: and you're not in head as much. I don't think because you're like, oh, like, 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 <laughs> like he,
0: he knows, knows what I look like from every angle. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's no <laughs> nothing. Like, so uh, that's been a really cool experience for me because it, mm. I've only found that it's gotten better and better. Whereas I feel like you're always told, or well, the you know, the more your relationship goes on, the more boring and whatever it gets. Um
1: yeah but that hasn't been my experience mm. yeah I think the biggest um like that's a really that's really amazing that you've got that experience. Mm. I think that um with lots of people that are in long term relationships though they get stuck in uh like a sexual script almost where yeah. you're like, okay, we get into bed at night time yeah. we kiss for this <laughs> we kiss with this amount of time. <laughs> And then, you know, I'm going to go down on you, you're going to go down on me, I'm going to orgasm, then you're going to fuck me, well, then you're going to finish, then we're going to lay there and yeah. we're going to go to sleep. And it's just like it's almost habitual. So, yeah, just getting out of that sexual script, it might be something mm. so minuscule, but that will, um, I don't know, spark something back in your sexual relationship mm-hmm. if you have been in a relationship for that long. Yeah. Yeah,
0: I think that's... Really important, and yeah, I think we, yeah, we've definitely been through that as well. Or it's like just you know mm. habits, grip, yeah, um, yeah. But I guess it's yeah. just waves, right? And you've got to be okay with that. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. for so long, I would ask my girlfriends, like, w- like how often do you guys have sex? Mm. And, you know, and comparing and being like, okay, you yeah. know, like, no, we're good, we're good, like, and just making sure, you know. <laughs> and it's so silly. It is yeah. so silly.
1: That's that comparing stuff yeah. is just not helpful to anyone. No, it's not. Yeah. I think that, um, sorry, I'm just going to completely change. I just had a thought. Go the biggest thing that I've found running these workshops is that people are very, they think that they're very open and honest talking with their friends about what's going on for mm. them until you get them into a space where you're speaking with someone. someone like me who overshares chronically. But then one person just is like, oh, I've been experiencing that too. And then someone else is like, yeah, I've been experiencing yeah. that too. And they've been like talking up their relationship because they've heard that blah, blah, blah has got an amazing relationship and they're having an amazing sex life that they're like, oh, yeah, no, we're fine too. But then, you know, if as soon as someone's like, oh, no, we're not fine, then you, it's like a cascade of being like, yeah. I'm not fine yeah. either.
2: Wow. So it's- like
1: you're not, you're not helping anyone.
2: Um by being I don't know six Bureau just like, yeah. you know, like yes. that yeah yeah I think so yeah. and like more often than not if you've experienced something that someone else has experienced in the past or is experiencing it now, especially when it comes to this sort of space, it's just so taboo when we were to talk about it Ooh, yeah. But I, like yeah, I think that like when you're talking and something that I've struggled with in the past with past partners is like, feeling confident and comfortable to talk about sex with them I know that sounds so weird and I'm sure I'm not the only one but you know you have sex with somebody and you're like you know you're you're in a relationship with them and you talk to them about anything but as soon as it comes to sex or like what you want or what you need it's like oh oh yuck it can't talk about yeah. that with them how do you yeah. how do you approach having conversations with your partner about sex
1: yeah um it's it's so funny that it's just such a fragile topic. Like it's, sex as a whole is just still so taboo and it's such an important part of everyone's life and no one's talking about it mm. still. Um, there are a couple of really good, oh, I don't have them here with me, but there's like decks of cards and things that you can get and uh, I'll send them through to you guys. I don't know if yeah,
2: you Yeah,
1: will put them in the share, notes. Show yeah. notes, yeah. yeah. Uh, put them in the show notes. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, but there's like decks of cards that, it, if you just bring that into your day to day life, like I don't know if you're both home at dinner time all the time and you prepare dinner together, like just make it a part of your routine that you pull a card every single day, and the question might be like, um, "What's your favorite part about my body?" or um, "What do you miss about our sex life?" And it's just opening up these conversations in a non-threatening I love. way. Like it's like it's purely just a part of your routine mm. and so it just starts these um, amazing conversations. There's also apps and things out there as well yeah. that, you know, throughout the day you both get sent a question <sighs> and then you answer it but you can't see the other person's answer until you've answered it. That but is the best thing. Right. The yeah. So it's just finding tools like that because the other thing is is that people often wait. Yeah. Just like. It all just sort of builds, 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 and then it just explodes, and then all of a sudden they're like, Yeah, but you did this six months ago, and then blah blah blah. Whereas if you're just having these conversations constantly, then you don't have the opportunity to make it a big thing. Mm -hmm. But it's just about well, about these conversations is also really important. Like especially I teach my clients in sessions that you need to be really careful in the way that you phrase things whilst you're actually being intimate with someone. Like if you, if someone's going down on you, for example, and they're not doing it right, and you're like, whoa, what are you doing? Mm. Immediately their ego is shot yeah. and they're, it's like the defences are up and so they're not going to be responsive to what it is that you actually do need. Mm. So like phrasing things in a way being like I'm loving X I'm curious around why, how would you feel about doing that? So, like, Mm. I'm loving the way that you're (laughs) squeezing my nipples. But if that's not actually working for you, just, like, saying what is working for you but then rephrasing it and pointing them in the right direction that that you want them to be Mm. going. Like, It's especially with, like, there's a big thing where a lot of the time we're just tolerating what someone's doing to us because they think that you think that... They're enjoying it, but they think that you're enjoying it. Mm. So you're just tolerating, yeah, pretty much. So, you know, as soon as you recognise that within yourself, being like, "Hey, I'm loving how you, you're making me feel. How would you feel about trying this?" And then they're like, "Okay, cool." Well, they're communicating what it is they want. I'm turned on by that. Yeah, but they like, uh, I feel still safe in the experience. Mm. Yeah, makes it makes
2: a lot of I'm sense.
1: Really,
0: yeah. I feel something like as women or vulva owners that to tell someone what to do, especially like if you're in a um, heterosexual relationship, it kind of feels like, um, at least for me for a long time, it felt like, well, I don't want them to think that I'm like telling them what to do or that like yeah. that offend them or, and I think we kind mm-hmm. of, as women have that, like, or we shouldn't yeah. nag or, or whatever. And yeah they actually really like it when you tell them what to do. Yeah. It's
1: so well, interesting. I've, I've worked with um, male clients, penis owner clients, and their biggest thing is that they're like no one's – like the women that I'm sleeping with or the vulva owners that I'm sleeping with are not telling me what they want. And I'm like, yeah, but are you offering what you want? Mm-hmm. Like you need to lead by example. If you want someone to tell you exactly what they want, you need to offer that information to make them feel comfortable. Like I know – people have asked me, you know, how can I make you come? Then I'm like, okay, this is a one-night stand experience. So I'm like, I don't know, what's off limits? Like I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. What are we doing, PGR? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> I've got a few things in mind. But, um, yeah, it's being careful in a way, not careful, but just like um, thoughtful in the way that you communicate these things being like, I'd really, I would really love to know what works for you. This is what works for me. Yeah. yeah. And so, like, so then you're saying that you want to please them, but then offering what it is to make them feel more comfortable.
2: Right. Yeah. That's a really good point. Um, mm-hmm. Do you feel like masturbation plays a role in that? Because to be fair, if you don't know what you want or you like, you can't really tell the other person what you want and like and I think the best way is maybe I'm wrong here but like to find like to explore your own self like solo
1: masturbation is it your best friend I, and uh, this is what I drive home to everyone yeah. I'm like the better you know yourself the more ways that you can make yourself come. Mm. the better your sex life the more confident you're going to be with your sexuality the more confident you're going to be in the bedroom because you're like this is actually <laughs> what works for me mm. We become really habitual in the way that we masturbate and it started from when we were teenagers, like especially for people with vulvas, you know, we've got sex toys, we've got vibrators and things like that. It's sort of just like, all right, I'm going to lay on my back and I'm going to hold that to my clit and I'm just going to come and it's going to happen in two minutes. <laughs> then they're wondering why. She's like, I feel scared. And then they're wondering why they're not having orgasms with partners. Mm-hmm. And when, them, and it's not that these toys are desensitizing them, it's that their body only recognizes that really intense sensation as a pathway to orgasm, Mm, right? So, yeah, the more ways I say this, um, in my workshops, where I'm like, okay, so on Mondays, we're going to use our hands, on Tuesdays, we can use our vibrators, on Wednesdays. Yeah, yeah, and just like mix it up every single day because it is just that, oh, it's so habitual. And it's the same with penis owners. Is like <laughs> they're just lying there pulling their dicks and they're not like mm. broadening the horizons with that. And a lot of them don't understand that there are different structures of their anatomy that they can orgasm from if they just steered away from that stroking action. That's so interesting. And that's like, you know, people that want to learn how to have G-spot orgasms, like there's ways that you can do that by incorporating things that do feel good. Like if you do have clitoral clitoral, clitoral orgasms, um, then incorporating um, your G-spot and your clitoris is then going to start forming that part body structures and like people that want to have anal orgasms, like even just putting a butt plug in and then having a clitoral orgasm your body sort of started recognising something in your bum is pleasurable. But it's about forming these pleasure pathways. So the more curious you get with yourself, the more you're going to be able to, I don't know, The you're just going to have way better sexual experiences overall. And just trying um, new things, right? Like, Yeah. And I think that um, another really huge thing is that, you know, we can't expect... Like you think about all of your really amazing sexual experiences that you've had with people. Like I ask people this all the time in their sessions. I'm like, what was it that was amazing about that experience? And they're like, you know, how slow we went, you know, I felt really connected Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, the way that they um, stimulated my whole body rather than just my genitals. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, why aren't you doing that for yourself? So like, why are you not taking time for yourself? Yeah. Because if that's the important thing for you, why are you lying there with a chokehold around your cock, or why are you lying there with a <laughs> suction <laughs> on your vibrator um, vibra- and yeah. and then you're just like it's over in two minutes? Yeah. I'm like, and I've like me personally, I'm very oh, it's so funny, but I'm. Have left all of my sex toys up in Thailand because I was in this. Point, I was at this point with myself where I'm like, Perry, you are literally just doing exactly what oh, you're doing. Yeah.
2: It's easy though, right? Like it's easy to do that, and you know there's there's a positive outcome. Whereas like the other alternative is like exploring something that might not be as exciting. It's like short term yeah. gain, wait, short term pain, long term gain situation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Yeah so interesting I feel like there's a lot of um taboo when it comes to masturbation men it's like oh yeah they, they wank every day whatever like with women it's like oh what? like that's a bit gross right. do you think like that's quite um the de- like it's a like, humili- like it's like kind of like humili- humiliating in a way or like mm. shameful to like touch yourself in a sexual mm. way as a, as a female I find anyway and something that I honestly find still like a bit like, ooh, <laughs> like I yeah. can't really talk about it with like people. I can talk about it with my friends, kind of, but it's still a little bit of a yucky thing. Like I can talk about sex till the till the cows come home, but putting like um providing myself pleasure in a sexual way by myself is a bit still like ick.
1: Yeah, so, so interesting. Interesting. Hey. <sighs> so interesting, and it yeah. Why, why is it so shameful to make yourself feel good? So, <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, masturbation's biggest. Advocate, I think.
2: Sponsored. (laughs) Sponsored. (laughs) You should. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, that's awesome. You've got so much knowledge. I love this. I love having conversations about this stuff, though.
1: Same. It's, sad, it's, it's so funny. funny. Like I feel like I'm actually realizing that I actually might know what I'm I talking about. I think you might. yeah. I, I, think think you've got to I think you may. You may know what we're talking <laughs> about. <laughs> I think imposter syndrome so oh, bad. I'm oh. like, you know, I don't tell people about this sort of yeah. stuff. But, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've done lot. do Lots of personal research, but then also a university degree. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> exactly. Mm. And I guess that's mm. like kind of plays into to the mindset, you know, of of it all, and. I know yeah. within my own experience, mindset was huge mm-hmm. and um, it's it still is. And in terms of like orgasming as a vulva owner, yeah. I feel like for me it took so long because to even do that, like I didn't until I was like 20 because yeah. I had so many inner blocks around it all and so much sort of internal I guess shame or or embarrassment or or just thinking that it was meant to be so much easier than it was for me and so I thought I couldn't do it and it took a lot of work for me to like internal work for me to be able to do that what advice I guess would you give around the mindset of it all and how to yeah get rid of some of those blocks I guess this conversation yeah. will
1: just help people in, in, in that, but
0: are there other yeah. ways?
1: I think as vulva owners, I feel like, like knowledge is power and like even as penis owners as well, to know what goes on for their vulva owner counterparts. Like it takes the average vulva to 40 minutes to be aroused enough to want to be penetrated mm-hmm. and it can take up to that amount of time as well to orgasm. I think the average is 20 minutes to orgasm for a vulva owner Um, and this is the same thing and I sound like I'm bashing sex toys but um you know because of how intense those sensations are I think it's making people think that orgasms are easier than they actually are like you can get that done in two minutes with a vibrator but if someone someone's going down on you um you know, it could take up to 20 minutes, 40 minutes, an hour, like, and it's not a huge thing. Um, I think as we get older, people are more, or well, maybe it's just amongst my group of friends, but I feel like people are more comfortable around being a little bit selfish around their pleasure. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think knowledge is what's going to help you yeah. with your mind frame around it. And, you know, I put a post on my Instagram a couple of weeks ago maybe a month ago now because I really had wanted to, be, wanted to be working with heterosexual men but I was really struggling to engage them because I think that it was so important for them to be getting the information that I'm giving to all of their partners and all of the people that they're having sex with and because without them knowing it then these women and vulva owners don't feel empowered enough to actually turn around and be like you know this is actually what's going on yeah. so it, it needs to be you know, everyone needs to be educated on the arousal cycles of every single person mm. and um, how to communicate effectively in the bedroom. Um, you know, I, on this post that I put up, it said, you know, we all got the same closed-minded sex set at school, how that sex was just something that was almost expected with men and penis owners to be good at mm. because of societal views. And that made me feel sad for them. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> because they they feel... It's almost like they feel um, judged if they are seeking out this information or, you know, they yeah, I don't know, like how were they meant to get the information when we didn't know that we could orgasm ourselves? Mm. How were they meant to know how to do it for us if we didn't know that we could even do mm. it? So, true. so it's about education for everyone because then everyone will be more um, in tune with what's going on with the other people. So, yeah, education is how you change your mind frame around it. It's just... So we're very habitual beings Mm. um, and we are so cognitive as well. And this is why we, as sexological body workers and somatic sex educators, we've, are trying to reconnect to people to their bodies mm. and they can get out of their heads and just actually recognise what it is that I actually need. I actually don't think I answered that question then.
2: No, you did. <laughs> you did. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That was great. Yes, that was I, I had thought about
2: it like from a man's perspective, yeah. as selfish as that sounds. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah.
2: And I hadn't either,
1: but I, I I sat there. I lost sleep over it for yeah. so long. I was like, why can I not get the audience that I want? Like, why can't mm. I get yeah. workshops full of Penis owners and okay, I have got vulva owner workshops coming out my yeah. ass, but I don't have any heterosexual men that I'm working with, and you know, without educating them, I'm pretty much like the education is just running into a brick wall because they're not going to be receptive yeah. to whatever their partner and yeah. they're um, having sex with is are taking to them. So true. Yeah. Mm. Wow, it's such an important conversation for everyone. Yeah, yeah, it, it's yeah. yeah, it's just a tricky. It's really, yeah, it's really tricky. And you just
2: not yeah. in school, I think. I I, I remember when I was at school, we didn't talk about that. Like I went to a Christian school, so naturally it wasn't really a topic of conversation apart from <laughs> do not have sex or you'll die. And um, <laughs> look at that. <me> <laughs> but like it's so taboo, especially when you go to schools that are quite – Uh, I guess, strongly against sex for whatever religious purposes. And I honestly feel like if we were educated about sex and pleasure and sex not being this bad, bad thing, it would have just changed and reduced so much shame for not only me but so many other people at school as well.
1: Yeah. There's actually been a really interesting um, study come out recently. They over in, I think it's the Netherlands, they've bought in pleasure-based sex ed in the schools. Wow. And, you know, the whole, they found that their average age that people are becoming sexually active has gone up by years. And their overall satisfaction with their first sexual experiences has gone up so significantly because they are encouraged to go and, you know, explore their bodies and explore their sexualities and work out Mm -hmm. what it is that they want. And, um, you know, they respect themselves, they respect the people that they're having these experiences with. So their overall – and their knowledge is just so amazing. And um, the reason why that's not getting warden in Australia is because they think it's going to make teenagers promiscuous. I'm like, sorry, but they already oh fucked God, up. Oh, my gosh. It's just unbelievable. Wow. Um, it's so interesting. Like all of my sessions, I start in, in, the, intake, in the intake session and I'm like – I ask my clients, where has your sex ed come from? And they sit there completely dumbfounded. What? I'm like, because we talk yeah. about what what was your sex ed like at school? What was your what were your conversations with your friends growing up around sex? What was your conversation with your family? And they're like, oh, sex ed at school was terrible, didn't talk to my friends about it, didn't talk to my family about it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, so where's your sex ed come from? And they're like,
3: um. um
2: and like, movies?
1: Like, <laughs> movies, porn, and personal research. Yeah. And I'm like... This is what. This is why no one. Well, this is why it's taking it, um, us to get to these ages that we are now to be like, okay, I'm finally feel comfortable enough mm-hmm. or curious enough to actually seek out this education. Yeah. So like, I feel ripped off because I feel like I've been having sex, terrible sex, not terrible yeah. sex, but like Some. shitty sexual experiences yeah. for ten years until I started seeking this out myself. So, and I've had like run workshops with parents in them and they're like this is the education that we want our kids to have mm-hmm. but we don't know where we can get it so you know they're like would you be interested in running a workshop for our kids and i'm like i would absolutely love to do that yeah but it can't be through schools
2: because um, everyone's so. Social- yeah oh my gosh mm-hmm. that just annoys me but yeah, yeah. Like, you know even having these sorts of conversations and, I, and like i see there's more podcasts on this sort of stuff and yeah. books about this sort of stuff mm. so the conversations are Few and far between, we're getting better. Um, and I think that it's going to take yeah. a whole massive shift with education systems to implement this as a kind of like a general thing. But the Netherlands do it and the Netherlands do so many things. So can <laughs> we can do just do so
0: many cool yes, things?
2: Like,
0: <laughs> let's go. Let's just move yeah. yeah. But that's
2: amazing. Well, I want to know, like yeah. you've mentioned a few things about your workshops. Like what do you offer? To the general population, 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 population. (laughs)
1: So I've actually only ever run one um, workshop for the public. So the rest of my workshops have all been private workshops. So it's like you get your group of girlfriends together. It might be someone's birthday. It might be a hen's party. I come. I talk to them about sex for two hours. the best party ever. everyone's having a shampoo and then I just disappear into the shadows and leave and they continue talking about it. the best. Yeah. And they're, they're amazing. And like I try, there's up on my website, there's like a list of topics that um, like generalized topics that people, we can talk about, you know, Mm -hmm. and i sort of just say, what three topics do you want to sort of talk about? And we make a workshop around that. So, you know, big one is like anal's a big one. And then squirting is another really big Mm -hmm. one. And it's just, yeah, it's so interesting. But it's, you know, the first thing that I do in all of my workshops is get people to, like, just, sorry, majority of my workshops have been with Volvo owners, so this is why um, I've done this. But, um, yeah, I get them to actually sit down and draw a Volvo, and <laughs> the amount of people that are like, what's a Volvo?" Oh, like, Mate, you've got one. And it's because of the language that we've been yeah. using, like, like only your vaginal canal, that's not your vagina. You, everything that's is external is your vagina. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, so it can, it can pretty much be, um,
2: it's whatever they want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, bespoke and workshops. Yeah, <laughs> <my> <laughs> workshops. I want to come to yeah. one of your workshops. Do you have to be in Darwin? Um.
1: Preferably I like doing them face-to-face. Yeah. I sort of struggle doing them on Zoom. Yeah. But, um, you know, give me six months and I'm going to be, Hitting all around the Oh, so you do a tour. Awesome. Sex.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll get around that for sure. Yeah, that's incredible. That's
1: we'll put all the yes. things in the
2: show notes about how you can yes. get in touch with Perry because yes. honestly, Thank I love you. this conversation so much. I I, oh. I feel like I have so much homework to do. I know.
0: I feel
2: like
1: there's <laughs> I so know,
0: much homework too. We have to get you on again.
2: There's yeah,
1: so we need part two. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'd love to. The best. Um, there's yeah there's so much to unpack with this and it's so interesting like we just everything to do with sex just ebbs and flows and it just depends on when you where you are in your life like where you are in your mind Mm. and like I had this aha moment in a client um session the other day it's almost like free client like stuff for me as well because I said something to this client like she's Um, recently single, thinking about getting back out there. She's like, how do I have conscious one-night stands? And I was like, I gave her my advice and immediately in my head I was like, this is what's been missing from your sex life. So now I'm just like, I need to go and reconnect with myself before I can even think about um, going and having sex with anyone. Yeah. Like it's all about intention." behind your sexual experiences like when I was up in Darwin like I'm pretty ready to find someone settle down but when you're going into like you go on a date and you have worked out halfway through the date that this is not going to be the person that you're going to be in a relationship with but then out of whatever like guilt or whatever the feeling is you end up having sex Mm. and like because your intention was to find the love of your life To now know that they're not it, that's the things that's stopping you having this conscious Mm -hmm. connection during sex. Whereas if, like, I'm down here, I've got people that I've had sex with numerous times down here, and knowing that nothing can ever come Mm -hmm.
4: with
1: these, my intention going into that is that this is just sex, Mm -hmm. so nothing's going to stop that connection. Right. Um, With that experience. So, yeah, intention. Intention is everything. Intention is everything. Like, there's something else that we um that sort of helps me is like your head your heart your intuition and your sex sex center all need to be in line Mm -hmm. for it to be a conscious sort of connection Mm -hmm. so if something about a person that is just not sitting right with you that's not going to be a conscious connection because you're going to be lying there or straddling them doing whatever being like what is it about you that's making me feel uneasy about this so yeah, intention and just seeing if these things line up is saying you have a conscious one night stand, which I just have not mean. <laughs> <doing. laughs>
0: well, it's like we don't expect, you know, like doctors to be perfectly healthy and psychologists to be perfectly no. safe. like yeah, <laughs> you know, you it's you're in this line of work because you also have work
1: to do when you're interested in it. Yeah.
4: Like mm-hmm. so,
1: yeah. and it's like what I was saying at the start, like this is just more people that I can yeah. You know, relate to people it's like and I think this is the big thing like I start all of my workshops with this 10 minute spiel about the disaster that has been my yeah. love life and my life. Yeah. but I'm like someone is going to take something from that story absolutely 100 percent. Like, girl is relatable yeah and so like and that's one amazing thing that um one of My girl, one of my clients said to me, she said, you know, you look at all of your, and nothing against any of these people, but you look at all of the sexologists and things that are all over Instagram and in like Melbourne and they all are just like so, you look at them and you idolise them like they're this amazing person and they just must have their life together and they dress amazingly and they're just like going out and killing it. But you're not seeing the other side of that person. Mm -hmm. So like a big thing for me is that like, I want people to see this side of me mm. because it makes me more relatable. Absolutely, and yeah. So, I, like, I make a big deal of, like not having filters on my Instagram. And I look at myself sometimes, <laughs> and, like, <laughs> but oh, like, I'm like, 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 no not. filter on. <laughs> honestly, so
2: it is, and that's what we're all about. This podcast, like, just yeah. showing up yourself. Like, it's very right. easy to do as opposed to just trying to show up that is the complete, like, flawless version of yourself. Especially when it comes to sex, because like you're not. You know, like you're not getting in the bedroom with like makeup on, and this nice little dress, it's like lingerie. Like, no. <laughs> no.
1: And sex is meant to be messy and dirty and chaotic.
2: <laughs> yeah. 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 I
0: love it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this has been so good. It's, yeah. yeah it's been so Thanks so much, Perry. Educational, like inspirational, all of it.
2: <laughs> yeah. It, it's exciting. I'm so excited. Yeah. I can't wait to yeah. like listen to this again. <laughs> <laughs> How can, can we can we can I ask you to plug yourself? How do we find you? How do we find your business? How do we go about that?
1: Um. So my business is called PM Sex. My Instagram handle has got two underscores in it, and I feel like I want to tell you why it's got.
2: Two oh my gosh! What is it? <laughs>
1: PM underscore underscore Sex. So when I was it was New Year's Eve, and we were trying to brainstorm what I was going to call my business before I launched it. We we were blind, Ah. It was just really, really playing up. Anyway, so like that was New Year's and then I didn't launch the business until October that Mm. year. So six months down the track I went to go and get the handle PM underscore sex but it was already gone and I was like so annoyed, so annoyed. And so anyway, I ended up with PM underscore underscore sex and then when I finally launched the business, one of my friends screenshot the pm underscore sex um instagram page and she was like perry you've already got someone that's impersonating you and i was like oh my oh, god no. i'm like oh, i hate it someone's, someone's um, impersonating me and then i was sitting there looking at it i was like surely fucking not and so i typed in pm underscore sex and then like my generic password for everything and it logged oh you took it <laughs> oh my gosh Night you came up with the name, I got the handle and I just said no. Oh, <laughs> my God. So it's got two. Well, okay. Handle, so.
2: Both, so better be safe. Yeah, exactly. you got so to back I, up.
1: I deleted the other one. I deleted <laughs> the other one. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, so PM underscore underscore sex. My website is www.pm-sex.com and then, yeah, you can find all of my contact details on there. Um, but, yeah, like literally even if, you know, I think I would love, I, I can, I do have the ability to do online sessions. Mm. It's just that we may not be able to do any of the, like if something that you want to learn how to do is like get comfortable around yeah. people's hands on you, communicating yeah. with us, we obviously do that. But like we can do so many other other things if you um, just want to like touch yourself and I can guide you through
2: that. Mm. So. Well, we'll wait for the tour, Australian tour. Yeah, the Australian tour. <laughs> Can't <laughs> oh. wait. Honestly, thank right. you so much for jumping thank you so on. Much. We've had a time our lives. No, thank you guys. Just, yeah, so yeah, so much Yeah. Thanks for educating us yeah. and everybody else.
3: Have ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer.